tonight's reading is from the book of Proverbs, chapter 1, verses 1 to 19, and that can be found in the Blue Bibles on page 635. That's page 635, Proverbs, chapter 1, starting at verse 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behaviour, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. They are a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. My son, if sinful men entice you, do not give in to them. If they say, come along with us, let's lie in wait for innocent blood, let's ambush some harmless soul, let's swallow them alive like the grave and whole like those who go down to the pit. We will get all sorts of valuable things and fill our houses with plunder. Cast lots with us, we will all share the loot. My son, do not go along with them. Do not set foot on their paths. For their feet rush into evil, they are swift to shed blood. How useless to spread a net where every bird can see it. These men lie in wait for their own blood. They ambush only themselves. Such are the paths of all who go after ill-gotten gain. It takes away the life of those who get it. If I ask you to think of somebody wise, who pops into your head? I'm thinking uh, Gandalf, I'm thinking Dumbledore, I'm thinking anyone with a beard, really. <laughs> when these wise folks reach the forks in the road, they always seem to know which routes to take. And most of us would define wisdom as um, the ability to make good choices or give good advice. We want this wisdom so that we ourselves can make good choices in every area of life. Of life. We want wisdom for our, fin our finances, our families, our speech, our work, every area of ordinary life, because wisdom is, is super practical. It's not about Sundays, it's about Mondays and being useful every single day of the week. But how do we get wisdom? Life would be so much easier if we had our own personal Gandalf or Dumbledore every time we come across a fork in the road. Um, we'd know which way to go because we'd just have a cosy little chat with them and it would be oh so simple. However, of course, the reality is not quite like that and real life is much more complicated because every time we reach one of those forks in the road, that fork is surrounded by a crowd and everyone in the crowd is, is shouting out advice. Some of them are pointing this way, others are pointing that way, and they're saying, it's this way, it's this way, you've got to go this way. The other way is just so foolish. Why would you ever do that? Each person has their own loud wisdom that they're not shy about sharing. 
This is what you should do with your finances. This is what you should do with your family. This is how you should prioritize your life. And in that situation, we all like to think that we can block the crowd out. We like to think that when we get to the fork in the road, we go our own way. But really, we always end up listening to somebody. We're all products of our age, our our morals, our beliefs, our values are shaped by voices around us. Society through media, friendships, and family, they're, they're all these voices are always pressing in, and we can't help but pay attention. Even the rebel has been taught the best way to not conform. We're going to listen to somebody's wisdom, but whose? Here's the one uh, big question for this evening. We can put it up on the screen. Will you listen to the wisdom of God or will you listen to the wisdom of the crowd? Will you listen to the wisdom of God or will you listen to the wisdom of the crowd? If we click on one slide, we'll highlight the first part of that question. Will you listen to the wisdom of God? Um, We're mostly going to spend time in verse 8 and 9 for this. If you see in verse 8, It reads, listen, my son, to your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Proverbs opens with a conversation between a father and his son. Um, If this conversation was happening today, I'd picture it in the car ride home from school, because the best chats happen when you're on a journey together. Um, And dad wants to pass on some fatherly wisdom to his boy. Um, The dad here is Solomon. He plays the role of the father figure. He's the one who's speaking. Um, You can find that out by looking at verse 1 of Proverbs. But notice as well that the same authority is given to what the son's mother says. The son is given two commands, one positive, one negative. Listen to your father's instruction. Do not forsake your mother's teaching. Is there anything harder for a child to hear than that? Do what your parents tell you to do. The son in Proverbs is on the verge of adulthood, and he's receiving wisdom from his parents, but the instruction and teaching that he's getting aren't about putting the bins out or doing the dishes or revising for his GCSEs. In this family unit, it's God's wisdom that's being passed down. This conversation is deliberately placed at the start of the book, When Solomon talks about your father's instruction, he means everything that's about to follow in the next 31 chapters as Solomon is inspired to put Proverbs together. I don't know if you've seen the TV show Modern Family, but on that TV show, the dad, um, who's called Phil, passes on a book of wise sayings to his daughter. Um, Some of these wise sayings um, go a little like this. If you love something, set it free, unless it's a tiger. Um, Solomon is passing this book of wisdom onto his son too. And he says, listen to what's in this book. I'm sure some of you would love me to boil this message down to, Oi, teenagers, do what your parents tell you. They're wiser than you are. Um, You should, and they are. But that's not what this verse is about. This son should listen to the wisdom of his dad, 
because his dad was given wisdom by God himself. When Solomon became king, the Lord gave him um, the chance to ask for anything he wanted, and Solomon asked for wisdom. The Lord granted that request. He said in 1 Kings 3, I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. So the son should listen to his dad because his wisdom came directly from God. On top of that as well, the wise sayings that are going to follow in the next 31 chapters, they are inspired by the Holy Spirit, breathed out by God himself. So, teenagers, unless your parents were um, given wisdom from God, and unless your parents were divinely inspired by the Holy Spirit in what they're saying, this word, um, this verse isn't particularly about obeying your parents in general. This is a command for us all to listen to the wisdom of God. In verse 9, the father, Solomon, gives the motivation for why his son should listen to the instruction, to the teaching, to the wisdom of God. They are a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. When we think of a garland or a wreath, we think of something that we might hang on our door. Maybe some of you did that yesterday when you were putting up your decorations. And when we think of a chain or a necklace, we think of something beautiful to wear for an evening out. So we read that sentence, verse 9, and we think, oh, these are images of things that are beautiful. These are images of things that are valuable. And of course, that is consistent with how God's wisdom is talked about in Proverbs. Um, Chapter 3, verse 14 and 15, speaking of God's wisdom, she is more precious than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. However, when Solomon compared God's wisdom to a garland and a chain, he was thinking about life. And that's what the son would have understood when he heard those images too. Think of When you think about a garland, think of something similar to the the wreath that was placed on the heads of victorious winners in the Greek Olympics. That wreath, that garland was a symbol of life at its most powerful, its most victorious. That's the idea here too. Or if you've um, been to the British Museum recently or you've got kids studying the Egyptians, think of the, the massive gold necklace worn by Egyptian pharaohs when they were buried in the expectation that they would enter eternal life. That chain is also an image of life. So, yeah, the garland and the necklace, they're symbols of life. It's important for the son to listen to God's wisdom passed down through his parents because it leads to life. That is what what God's wisdom is used for in Proverbs. You see, the Bible's use of the word wisdom has an ever so slightly different emphasis to the way we use the word wisdom. God is said to have created the whole world through wisdom. And um, in many chapters of the Bible, skilled craftsmen and artists are said to use wisdom as they go about their craft. So biblical wisdom is something creative. We might use this as a definition for biblical wisdom. The practical understanding to craft a beautiful life through the choices we make. 
the practical understanding to craft a beautiful life through the choices we make. In Proverbs, Solomon sits us down in front of a a massive block of marble, hands us a chisel, and teaches us to use God's wisdom to craft a beautiful life for ourselves and for those around us. Proverbs is full of sayings that if we follow them, we will have a beautiful life. Now, that beauty might be slightly different to what we might expect it to be. It might not be a a beauty of material possessions, but it might be. Following God's wisdom in Proverbs will generally, generally improve your finances. Following God's wisdom will generally lead to better relationships in your household. Following God's wisdom will generally improve your career. Proverbs speaks into all of those ordinary areas. In all these sayings, the outcome isn't guaranteed in every situation. The other wisdom books of Job and Ecclesiastes show that there are massive um, exceptions to that. The sayings of Proverbs are not promises, but they are tools. They're tools that help equip us to make good, wise choices in very real, ordinary areas of life. And of course, you want a beautiful life. You do. I do. But are we listening to God's wisdom? You know, many people will read the Bible every single day and never listen to God's wisdom. You might listen to God's philosophy. You'll learn about theology. You'll learn what substitutionary atonement and propitiation means. But you'll keep them at arm's reach and never let them touch ordinary areas like family life. You might listen to God's rules and never listen to his wisdom. When it comes to what's black and white, what's right and wrong, you'll stick to the commandments. You'll be very strictly religious in that sense. But the gray areas, that's your territory. If the Bible hasn't told you how much to pay your cleaner, you'll do what you want to do. You might listen to God's stories and never listen to God's wisdom. You'll come to church and enjoy the tales that you heard um, in your youth. You might be moved as we hear the Christmas story, but you'll never let the Lord take charge of your story. Here's the main way to know whether you're listening to God's wisdom or not. Some of you might have seen the film Inside Out. That film puts us inside a child's head, and in there we see a command center in control, uh, under the control of four emotions, sadness, joy, anger, and disgust. And in every situation that this child uh, encounters, one of those four emotions will take charge and um, her actions will follow as a result. Listening to God's wisdom means handing over control of the command center to him every single time we have a choice to make. And yes, this obviously means reading our Bibles and praying. But it's, it's more specific and nuanced than that. It's reading and praying in such a way that we expect God's wisdom to make a practical difference in how we live when we shut the page and when we say amen. That's different. 
And not just in moral issues of right and wrong, but in the very ordinary day-to-day choices of life. Finances, family, what we say, how we work. What does the Lord think? And we do this believing that the wisdom of God is not a series of obstacles to make life harder. Rather, it's a wonderful tool for crafting a beautiful life through the choices we make. What are the forks in the road that you've got ahead of you this week? What are some of the choices, the decisions that you're going to be making in family, in the way you speak, in work, in all those ordinary areas? Are you listening to the wisdom of God? One more thing to say before we get to the wisdom of the crowd. Matthew 12 verse 42 reads like this. The queen of the south will rise at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. For she came from the ends of the earth to listen to Solomon's wisdom. And now something greater than Solomon is here. Jesus' wisdom is even greater than Solomon's wisdom. It's not that the wisdom of Jesus has replaced Solomon's wisdom found in Proverbs. The Proverbs are are still just as applicable um, now as then. But Jesus' wisdom is greater because he has crafted a beautiful life through the choices he made. A beautiful eternal life for himself and for all who will listen to him. Crafting a beautiful life here on earth for ourselves and those around us is no small thing. We should take Proverbs seriously as it was written. But there's a fork in the road that we will all come to. Eternal life or eternal death. Only those who will listen to Jesus will have eternal life. Before addressing any other area of ordinary life, this is the top priority decision. After all, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their own soul? The wonderful thing about Jesus' wisdom is that it opens the path to eternal life for everyone who listens. You may have chosen the wrong fork in the road every single time up until this point where you are here today. And yet, Jesus still offers you eternal life. You may have messed up your Uh, the way you've spoken to colleagues at work this week. You may have messed up with your family. You may have messed up your career. But the way of eternal life through Jesus is open to you and to all who will listen to him. If you listen to Jesus, eternal life is yours. Will you listen to the wisdom of God or will you listen to the wisdom of the crowd? We know from our own experience that even if we are listening to God's wisdom um, on a Sunday or beginning our day with prayer and Bible reading, there are a thousand other voices competing for our attention. Ordinary life is full of other opinions, other morals, other values, and knowing how to deal with that is difficult and confusing. This is why in verses 10 to 19, Solomon warns his son against listening to the wisdom of the crowd. Look with me at verse 10. Here the father warns his son, saying, if sinful men entice you, do not give in to them. And then he gives his son an idea of the sort of words the crowd might use to try and lure him in. Verses 11 to 14. 
Come along with us. Let us lie in wait for innocent blood. Let's ambush some harmless soul. Let's swallow them alive like the grave and whole like those who go down to the pit. We will get all sorts of valuable things and fill our houses with plunder. Cast lots with us. We will all share the loot. Basically, the crowd's plan is to ambush innocent victims and take their stuff, take their money. But Solomon knows the way they tempt the sun towards that will be crafty. It will be subtle. The crowd offers friendship. Come along with us, they say in verse 11. It's the opportunity to be included rather than left out. That's powerfully persuasive. The crowd offers excitement, the danger And adventure of the crowd's plan sounds so much more exciting than just being boring and listening to what your parents say. If you've ever been the child that was told by mum and dad, don't climb that tree, um, you'll understand the temptation of, of danger and excitement. And the crowd offers wealth, valuable things, plunder, loot. Never underestimates the danger of the get rich quick scheme. Nobody thinks they'll fall for it until they do. But look at how Solomon pulls apart the crowd's temptations in verse 15. Do not go along with them. Do not set foot on their paths, for their feet rush into evil. They are swift to shed blood. He's describing their way of life as a path that very quickly leads to a terrible destination. We could slightly paraphrase it um, by saying, Don't even put a toe on that path, because before you know it, it will lead to great evil and great danger. While the son might only want to have a bit of innocent fun being part of the crowd for just a moment, Solomon knows and wants him to know that innocent fun quickly turns to great wickedness. And don't we all know that to be true? One toe onto the wrong path, and soon we're caught up somewhere we never, ever expected to be. Imagine you're on a hike, and after a bit of a detour, you realize that your destination is on the other side of a river. And you walk up and down this river, looking for somewhere that you might cross safely, And eventually, you find a point where the water seems reasonably calm. It looks like it only goes up to knee level. You think it's probably safe. You're strong. And it's not like you're going for a swim. You're just trying to get to your destination on the other side. You'll only be in the river for a moment. Solomon says, don't do it. Don't do it. The current of foolishness is strong. You will be swept off your feet and you will be stunned how quickly it sweeps you away to a destination you never thought you'd be. Not only does the crowd's path lead to great evil, it also leads to death. Solomon says, how useless to spread a net where every bird can see it. These men lie in wait for their own blood. They ambush only themselves. Such are the paths of all who go after ill-gotten gain. It takes away the life of those who get it. They've got a net, but they're the ones that are going to be caught in it. 
They're planning to take someone's life, but they're the ones who are going to end up losing it. You see, the wisdom of God leads to life, but the wisdom of the crowd leads to death. So don't listen. Who are the crowd today? I was stunned to read that the average British person watches TV for four hours every day. Stunned. I don't know where they get the time from. If there's a better definition of brainwashing, then I don't know what it is. Just sitting back and mindlessly absorbing the wisdom, morals, and values of the age. Britain is wasting away, dying on a sofa. Find something better to do, or if you do watch, watch critically. Watch critically. Evaluate everything you hear through the wisdom that God, God offers to all who ask. Or the crowd might be your circle of friends. Come along with us. It's such a powerful voice. I think particularly when you're young, you might know that some of the stuff they're up to isn't quite right. But you want to belong. You don't want to be left out. Remember where that path leads. If you only put a toe on that path, it will quickly sweep you away. You don't have to isolate yourself and only hang out with Christians. That would be ridiculous. But you do need to be careful about who you're listening to. The main reason we need to be wary of the wisdom of the crowd is because they'll sweep us away from Jesus what they say might sound appealing. What they say might be a little bit more subtle than the message here in chapter one of Proverbs. But the wisdom of the crowd will always sweep us away from the Savior. I think we all know people who used to listen to Jesus, but were swept away by listening to other voices. Whether that's media, whether that's friends, whether that's girlfriend, boyfriend, spouse. Don't let that be you. Listening to the crowd is tempting, but it is oh so dangerous. It leads to evil. It leads to death. Don't listen to the enticing wisdom of the crowd that leads to death. Listen to the wisdom of God that leads to life. One final thought, and it's from verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Or from elsewhere in Proverbs, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of of wisdom. The fear of the Lord, it's not a terror that makes you run away. The fear of the Lord is a respect that ensures you do listen. That's what makes it the beginning of wisdom. If you're caught between listening to God and listening to the crowd, this healthy fear is what you need. Get to know the Lord more. Understand his character. Sing of what he's done. Pray that a sense of his glory and majesty would sit deep down in your soul. Then you'll know who he is. Then you will fear him rightly. Then you will know who to listen to. Let's pray. Father God, we, we thank you so much that you are concerned 
with the ordinary parts of our lives. And Father, thank you that you have given such wonderful wisdom for crafting the sort of life you want us to live. Father, we confess that we find it so confusing so often where we come across these forks in the road where it's not, obviously, not obvious that one way is right and one way is wrong. Father, we don't know what to do. And so we pray for your wisdom this week. We pray for anyone that's facing such a circumstance in the next few days. Lord, we pray that you would speak to them, that you would make it clear and known which way they should go. Father, we thank you so much that Jesus has created the path to eternal life. And we pray that each one of us, as we are at that fork in the road right now, deciding whether we will listen to Jesus or not, we pray that you would give us listening ears. We pray that each one of us would follow Jesus. Please keep us from the voice of the crowd. Protect us. Give us that wisdom that would evaluate everything that we are hearing and the fear the right fear of you that would want us not to run away from you, but come near and listen to what you have to say in every circumstance. In Jesus' name, amen.